made alive to be the body of Christ, made alive to be the body of Christ. And we came out of Easter talking about resurrection. And last week we talked a little bit more about resurrected to be alive in the fullness of God. If you missed that, this is a thread of a thought that, that maybe you should catch uh, online or, or if you have the time to do that. I think it would be important for you as a, as a member of this body of Christ to kind of keep up. But last week we talked about being resurrected to God in the fullness of life. We looked at Ephesians and, and I'll, I'll reference just a couple of verses in Ephesians today, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie that in to some practical ways. How many of you just need to know the rules? Right? And rules is a bad word because we don't live under the law. But, you know, I mean, if you just tell me the rules, I'm good. I've been in some really, really interesting situations in my life before because I love being outdoors. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I'm learning now. I'm 45, so I'm learning through the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life to, to still have fun, but take it a, a little bit easier. Um, but, but this idea of, I've been in some interesting situations on boats or on the side of cliffs or um, you know, hunting or, or, or different things like that. And I, I can remember one time there, there was a really intense situation going on, life or death could have been. And I looked at the guy I was a guest of and I looked straight at him and I said, hey, tell me the rules. Like, just tell me the rules. Like, can we shoot back? Because I feel like I'm getting shot at. We were hunting in a public place and we we're getting pelted. And that makes no sense that most of you have never been on a intense dove hunt before, but if you ever have, tell me the rules. And I think many times it's good for us as Christ followers, you know, someone like me can get up here and talk about the body of Christ and talk about discipleship and talk about sanctification. And, and, and many of us would say, you know what, how does that apply to my Monday life? How does that apply to my boss that I can't stand? How does that apply to my marriage I feel is falling apart? How does that apply to areas of my life that I've been looking for God to really do something in and he just doesn't seem to be doing anything in? And then perhaps... There are those of you here today who would be bored with that statement because life is so good. So, yeah. Well, now, I can tell by the look on some of your faces, you're bored with that statement. So, so here, take the scripture, take, take this idea of being made alive to be the body of Christ, that things are going really, you know, with God, he always wants to go take you to a new level, a new dimension, a new, a, a new place. And wherever he's blessed you and whatever he's blessed you with, he's not done blessing you. Listen to him. Cause so, his, so today, if you're just trying to catch up and learn about, like, what does it mean to live for Christ on day? What does it mean to be the body of Christ? Or maybe you've understood that for a long time, and God has blessed you for applying these things in your life. It never hurts to be refreshed a little bit and to say, you know what? The word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It still applies to my life today as it did when I was just learning about Jesus. And so today, I, I just I, I want to look at some applications. So let's look at a few verses that we looked at last week. First of all, the last two verses in Ephesians chapter 1. The last two verses in Ephesians chapter 1. And he, God, put all things under his Jesus' feet and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to... Say it with me. The church, the body of Christ, which is his... The fullness, I love this, the fullness of him who fills all in all. 
And remember, we're reading this as a letter, so you, you fly right into Ephesians 2, and the first verse in Ephesians 2 says, And you he made alive. Say, I'm alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. And I'm not going to go all the way back into the, the way that we once lived and how we've been delivered out of that. And, and through God's great, his, his rich in mercy and through his great love, which he loved us with, we have been saved by grace. And it's now that grace in which we stand. And I'm not going to preach last week's message. Uh, go back and listen to it. If, if, like again, if you have time. So, so this idea of putting away the old life, putting away old habits that we once lived in and walking in new life because we've been made alive together with Christ. The same power that resurrected Christ from the grave is the same power that resides in us. And so the Trinity, we talked about it last week, Jesus says, I, no, I, I'll give my life, no one takes it. And then Paul says the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the grave, the same Spirit that lives in you. And then God said, look, it was for my glory that he came out of the grave in Romans. So all three persons of the Godhead raised Jesus out of the grave and that same power is available for you today to live the life God's called you to live. So, so this idea of being the body of Christ, Matthew 5.14 says, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let me ask you this. And don't just go off yesterday or this morning or if you had a fight with your spouse this morning or you had a rough weekend or you're just... Uh, you, you know, something's up in your crawl about something. Don't just go off that. Let's do a, a picture of the entire last couple of weeks. The entire last couple of weeks. Would you say, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've done my best to be a light. Would you say that situations that you found yourself in, you know, so you know what, I tried to be a light because that's what I'm supposed to be as the body of Christ, right? That's what we're supposed to be different. We talked about last week. We're supposed to be peculiar. We're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to be the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And so when I say the body of Christ, and when Ephesians is talking about the church, it's talking about the people of God. You know, your job may move you somewhere else next week, but you're still part of the body of Christ, right? Because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And so application for this is going to start over in Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. You've heard me reference this many times, just as Romans 5. Um, haven't preached on this quite this way. Uh, but let's read it together. In, in fact, I'm sure there's some of you who have never read the first, vix, uh, first six verses of, of Psalms chapter 1. Here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. For he, keep going, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, and whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chafe which the wind drives away. The chafe, dead weeds, dead limbs, dead branches. Verse 5, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord, and pay attention to this, and we'll get into this. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Would you pray with me?
Father, thank you for this day and thank you for your word and thank you for your spirit. I do pray for those who are fighting battles that aren't theirs to fight, Lord, and I thank you that you are the good shepherd. Lord, and so today, I pray that your word would infuse us with new knowledge and new revelation to live the life that you've called us to live, to be the body of Christ, for that's why we've been made alive. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Are you ready? All right, so here we go. Number one, made alive to be Made alive to live a blessed life. Made alive to live a blessed life. Made alive to live a blessed life. So now, now we got to define blessed, right? we got to define blessed because I would submit to you, and I will apologize had partly on the churches abroad for totally misusing this word blessed. And, and, now, and, and the problem with that is, is, is some of what they're teaching is right, but it's not the whole. You get what I'm saying? Some of what, you ever made cookies? You ever make cookies? You ever make cookies with a toddler? There's a stage where that cookie dough starts getting really good. And, and if, you, if you give that toddler some of that cookie dough before it's been baked, they love it, right? But if you feed that toddler the whole bowl of cookie dough, guess what he's going to do or she? Get sick. So there's a part of the blessing of God that we need to acknowledge. He wants to bless us, but it's not the whole. Does that make sense? So anytime we just get a part of a revelation of God and not the whole, we're, we are um, insufficient, uh, anemic, in, in, anemic in, in the whole of what God is wanting to do through that. So the first part of Psalms 1, blessed is the man. Anytime we see a man in the Bible, person, woman, teenager, child, blessed is the man. So, so let's define that. The Amplified Version says that, that prosperous, Favored, profitable, happy, enviable. Wow. I want to focus on favor right there because if you go back and you look at the definition of blessed through its actual uh, uh, text, favor encompasses all of those, right? Favor encompasses all of those. And some of you in this room right now have favor on your life. You have a blessed life. You have favor on your life and you have had for a while and you wonder why other people talk about you and you wonder why other people wish to live in a house like that. I wish my spouse came to church with me every Sunday. Maybe they would if you could talk like that. But anyway, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Let me tell you what my granddad said about wishing. Wish in one hand, spit in the other, and see which fills up first. Yeah. Listen to this. We are about we are about to get a roadmap for favor. We are about to get a roadmap. I'm going to show you this is not only Old Testament. I'll take you over to the New Testament because God shall not be mocked. You're going to reap what you sow. And so, so we're about to get a roadmap. The, the beginning of Psalms, think about this, all the great things that are in Psalms, the first thing we get is, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, for his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. Boom! Well, I guess we know how you want to start this book off. Blessed is the man. Favored is the man. Upright, with character, with integrity, is the man, the favor of God. Do you remember when God found, came in, uh, the angel came and found Mary? You remember that? 
You do Mary, mother of Jesus. You guys know, okay. Historians tell us she was a, a, a younger lady, so she was probably in the bathroom in front of a mirror. <laughs> Spackling on all that stuff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Making some of you upset. What, what did he, what did the angel say to her? Blessed are you. You are highly. So she had been living her life in such a way that God said, there's one. Oh, so many of you in this room right now want God to bless your business and bless your family and bless your marriage and bless, but you're living, you're, you're living so far outside and God wants to bless you, but there's a direct correlation of how you live and, and untying God's hands to bless you. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about a holiness, legalistic. I mean, you know me well enough. I'm just talking about, tell me the rules. When I was growing up, preachers used to say, what was it? Worship on Sunday, live like the devil on Saturday or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Blessed is the man. Watch this. Blessed is the man. So we, we get this precursor to what's about to happen in this instruction that we're about to give. The favor of God then ties to the anointing of God. The anointing of God is to be fat with, Right? The favor of God ties to the anointing of God. And it's not a physical fat. It's a spiritual fat. And so it's being full of the spirit of God. Don't lose me. Then my Bible says the anointing of God does what? It breaks the yoke. Learn something today. The anointing of God breaks the yoke of the enemy. It breaks the bondage of the enemy. So the anointing of God comes through the favor of God. The favor of God is the blessing of God. So if I'm blessed by God, I'm favored by God, I'm anointed by God. And if I'm anointed by God, that anointing in my life wants to break off the yoke, anything in my life that's not like God. And therefore, if when, when that is broken, I'm losing some of you. I'm losing some of you. Stay with me. Therefore, when, when those gentle generational things and and when those addictions and those habits and those ways of life are broken off me no longer do I live in slavery to fear in slavery to bondage I am freed up so I'm freed up to be profitable and produce. And what God wants me to produce is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But I can't really act in those if I'm so tied up in myself and being bound up in myself with fear, anxiety. Paul says, since you've been set free, no longer let yourself be yoked up to a bondage of slavery of sin. Did you follow that? Blessed. Blessed, blessed to be in the presence of God. Blessed. Hopefully that gives you a kind of a new definition of blessed. It is not external. It can be external things, but it is a inward victory over the flesh, over the world. It is an inward peace the world didn't give you and the world can't take away. How, how do we, how we do that? Well, we, we get into number two. Number two says, made alive to sow in wisdom. Made alive to sow in wisdom. So, so let's go back through Psalms 1-1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Some of you are going, oh God, great. I've been looking for a word. I got to quit my job. 
Well, don't do that without a plan unless God's telling you to, all right? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, what we see right here is a progression, a progression, and I'm going to say it's a progression of, of he, the human heart. It's a progression of the human heart. It's a progression of sins, what it is. And so, so let's take this idea, and I'm going to take this bottle of water right here, and we're going to pretend we're going to pretend that bottle of water is that cookie that I was talking about earlier. And now it's, it's on a plate of cookies and it's left about this high on a table. The toddler's still in the house. They're up from their nap, which they didn't take, but they should have, but they were too high on the cookie dough sugar. <laughs> Speaking from experience. <laughs> now, now, here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not, I'm going to go through this quick, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So I am not to walk with the ungodly. I am not to slow down to hear what the ungodly says. And this is so important in the age that we live in because so many of us, the first thing that hits us in the morning is social media. Yahoo page, stock market, boom, 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 boom. And then before we know it, we've, got, we've filled our minds with all this information. And, and you're not as smart as you think you are. Your brain's only so big. And so now I've started my day walking with the counsel of the ungodly. So, so I'm, I'm a little toddler, and I look at this cookie, and I walk by this cookie, and I know I'm old enough. I'm like four now. I'm not tired. Yeah, I guess. I know I'm not supposed to have that cookie. My, but my tummy's telling me, but it, that cookie's looking good. So I'm walking by that cookie, and then you understand the progression. And the next time I stand with that cookie, and the next time I sit down with that cookie. Fast forward. I'm a teenager. My parents have raised me not to, how can I put this? I'm just going to put it out. We live, I mean, you know, my, I know I shouldn't be have, having sex before I'm married, right? And the toddler's grown up. Well, the rest of the world, all my friends are doing it. The rest of the world's doing Everybody, you know what? Every TV show I watch is doing it. Oh, I'm fixing to get to you all parents who are saying, come on. <laughs> I'm not just picking on teenagers. The hardness of the human heart is a very interesting thing, and it's sin that does that. With someone else sinning against you, but it's sin. And so you see this progression of walking with the ungodly, getting my information from the ungodly. And then I'm going then I'm, then I'm to stand in the way of the sinners. In other words, I'm going to spend a lot of time with people who don't believe the way I believe. Back to teenagers just for a second. You got teenagers in your house. Get them to some sort of function around other that is at least a Christian during the week. And they'll tell you, I don't want to go there. They're full of hypocrites. And you tell them, one more won't make a difference. (laughs) 
Get your kids here for Sunday morning for Little Rippers. They're being taught. Joe is teaching them about Jesus. Right? It's important. And when you can't, because of sports, you're traveling, you do it. Do you know that Raina and I moved here? I don't know if I've ever said this. And my daughter gave up a youth group so yours can have one. I don't want to hear. Don't ever come to me and tell, tell me. Do you know that my son gave up a children's ministry so your children could have one? And I was glad to do it because my Bible says that he who gives up house or home or land or whatever was going to be paid a hundredfold in this age and the age to come. So I'm in. That's what my Bible says. Now I'm grown up. My spouse just don't treat me. I'm just not happy. And I know God wants me to be happy. And that, that coworker makes me happy. I mean, they make me tingle like I haven't tingled in a while. And so now I'm going past their cubicle on purpose so I can get that compliment that I so need because I ain't getting it at home. Spouses, give your, give your spouses compliments. I mean, if I walk out of the house and Randy doesn't say, that shirt looks nice on you or you look nice today, I go change. <laughs> I change three or four times. And it's not because I'm, I'm self-conscious. It's because either her mind's on somebody else or I really look stupid. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm standing at that cubicle for a while. Then I'm having drinks after work with the person in that cubicle. And then all of a sudden, I find myself in a hotel room with someone who doesn't believe the way that I believe, wasn't taught the way I was taught. So they're just living the way of the world. It's not, they don't know. They just think you're hot. And they're just like, hey, the rest of the world's hooking up. Why don't I? And as things start falling apart in your, in your life, and then you come somewhere like Coastline, talk to Pastor John, or talk to Pastor Steve, or talk to me, and I just don't know how it happened. Really? <laughs> really? Well, if your parents didn't teach you how it happened, walk, stand, sit. It's a progression of the only So when you get to, nor stand in the path of the sinner, I'm hanging around with people who don't believe the way I believe, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That word scornful right there means hardness. It means that you've given yourself over to a reprobate heart and you don't even care that you're sinning anymore. Rebellion, rebellious sin. Just full on in your face. Don't tell me what to do. What's mine's mine. I've made my way in this world. Don't you get in my way. Don't you tell me what to do. I'm making some of you so mad right now. Don't you tell me what to do. Don't you get in my business. This is my money. This is my life. This is my marriage. This is my house. This is mine, 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 mine. Friend, when you wake up in the bottom of a barrel and say, how did I lose it all? You're going to remember one day when some goofy pastor standing on the stage said don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand in the way of the sinner nor sit in the seat of the scornful but allow your delight to be in the law of the Lord and in that law why don't you meditate it day and night why don't you think about it day and night because my friend that's what's going to keep you from exhibit A we better not drink out of that water I mean <laughs> 
Number three, you guys still with me? Number, number three, I got so excited I skipped something. I got to go back to it. Go back, go back, go back to Galatians. Go back to Galatians. If I don't get through all of this, it's all good. Okay, so here's the idea. Exhibit A, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of God, he stands away as sinner, sits in the sea, the scornful, fears the light, is in the law of the Lord. But go back to that. Blessed is the man who walketh. Don't go back there, but I'm talking about you and I. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the God, who stands away as sinner, sits in the sea, the scornful. Because when I do, I'm sowing into dysfunction. Watch this. I'm sowing into godly wisdom, which will add sorrow. I'm sowing, I'm sowing outside of the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. I'm sowing outside of... So, so Psalms is saying, look, don't do that. And then you fast forward over into the New Testament. And Galatians says 6, 7 through 9, do not be deceived. Don't deceive yourself. Don't lie to yourself. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will also he reap. For he who sows to the flesh, the ungodly, sinners, scornful, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Friend, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't invite me to your house and show me your beautiful uh, apple tree and say that you planted a peach seed. It's a law of nature, and it's a law. Of, don't be deceived. Whatever you sow, that which I'll sow, you're going to reap. And if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. And we're going to see at the end of this, at the end of this psalm, it seems like God's being really harsh on the wicked people. But he's not. He's being harsh on the way of the wicked. Because the way of the wicked leads to corruption. Oh, if the world could hear that. God's not, I'm getting ahead of myself. Number three, made alive to know God intimately. Made alive to know God intimately. Psalms 1, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. In his... (laughs) But, in, but his delight's not in the ungodly. But his delight's not in sin. His delight's not in the scornful. It's in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. We don't, we don't live under the law anymore, but we still have the precepts and the concepts of the law. We have the New Testament. We have a Christ that died for us. We have mercy and we have grace. Grace not just to forgive, grace to keep us from sinning. We have the whole, we get the whole book. The psalmist here, David's only got part of it, yet he's saying, I understand this. If I keep, listen to me, if I keep my mind preoccupied with the things of God, I've got less time to be preoccupied with the things of this world. I'm going to delight in the Lord until he starts putting his desires in my heart. I'm going to delight in the Lord. I'm going to read his word and delight in it. I'm going to delight in his presence. I'm going to delight in the family of God. I'm going to hang around godly people. I'm going I'm to delete some numbers from my phone. I'm going to take some things off my TV. I'm going to delete some websites from my computer. I, I, I'm going, I am going to aggressively, creatively reinvent myself as a child child of God because I'm going to start living in the delight of the Lord. Psalm said, the, further on in the Psalms 37.4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. 
the book of John talks about this also, but we have, this is the, this is the cookie dough that's been misused, right? Some of it. Here's the deal. If you delight yourself in the Lord, you're going to walk with God. And when you walk with God, he puts his desires in your heart. Oh God. Your spirit is working on that area. Oh, God, I want to be free in that area. Oh, God, I want to have peace in that area. And so as I'm walking with God, it's like, all right, I'm delighting myself. And all of a sudden, bam, I wake up one day and I've got this peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace is guarding my heart. Why? Because I've been delighting myself in the Lord. I talked talk to some of you about regret a few months back. And, uh, man, did I get some response, mostly from men. Mostly for men who had already raised their kids, and, and I so I so get that. And 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 as as I was thinking about that, I made this statement. I don't know when God did it, and believe me, I have a lot to regret. I don't know when God did it, but I woke up one day, and the regret was gone because regret is terrible. Regret will eat you up. Regret will make you lonely, and then when you're lonely, you do stuff that you shouldn't do. How did He do that? It's a simple process of delighting yourself in the Lord to where he, he says, Jason, in your heart, I, I see that regret, but it's not my will for that to be in your heart. So I'm going to pull that regret out, and I'm going to give you peace in that area that you've been regretting. You can't change yesterday. Live today. Wow. I hate that clock. Number four, made alive to prosper and produce, Psalms 1-3. He shall be planted like a tree by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, say that word with me, shall Whatever he does shall prosper. I don't know about you, but I read a lot of leadership books because I, I lead. And, and I'm telling you, this is a leadership text. This is a leadership text. If you're, if you're a single mom, or if, this is a leadership text. If you're a parent, this is a, this is a leadership text for how you, you get an organization, whatever that may be, a family or a business, headed in the right direction. You start putting these principles in place in your own life. Other people will see them in your own life, and then they flow over into the people who are around you, and then you're like, man, whatever he does prospers. How in the world does he keep getting blessed like that? Because he's not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standing the way of the sinner, nor sitting in the seat of the scornful. He is delighting in the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. That joker's going to sleep thinking about the, uh, the, the Bible, and he's waking up thinking about the Bible. When he goes fishing, he's thinking about the Word of God. When he goes surfing, he's talking to God. He can't, he can't do anything without delighting himself in God. That's how he's prospered. Does that person never go through hard times? Absolutely. We live in a life leaks, but he, whatever he does shall prosper. It may take a while for that prospering to come back around. I want you to hear that. That's for somebody here, but it's going to turn out good. Not to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. All right. And then I got to go to the last thing. There are some more scriptures online if you want to study them this week, or when you study this week. Go online and read those scriptures. 
Psalms 1, 4 through 6, the ungodly are not so. This is the message. This is a message that you, you need to take to, your, to the world. And to, I mean, if, if you work with people or you go to school with people or you work out with people and they know that you're a Christian, I guarantee you, you've been asked this question. Why does God hate me? Why does God let such bad things happen? And why do bad things happen to good people? Now watch this. Because we live in a fallen world. Okay? Adam and Eve took the fruit. Made alive to show the world a better way. And I, I, I put little quotations around that word way because this hit me. I mean, this has been a life verse. It's one of the first verses I ever memorized. And I memorized it in the King James. So if you ever hear me quote it, there's a lot of um, difference. But this is the new King James. Psalms 1, 4 through 6. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Stop right there. Which the wind drives away. Right? And Jesus says in John, we won't go there right now. It's in the notes, though. You bite in me and I in you. I'll grant you the desires of your heart. But, but apart from me, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And, and I'm paraphrasing. The Father is a good gardener. He comes along and he chops off those branches that don't produce or bear fruit. And so that's the chaff we're talking about right here. That, that's the translation into the uh, New Testament. And, and you get this idea of, oh my goodness, God is a hateful God. And unfortunately, the church is taking verses like this and taking them like a baseball bat and smack people around with them saying, you're ungodly, man, you better watch out. You're going to get blown away. Well, what happens is they do get blown away. They get blown away down in ditches, addicted on crack. They get blown away up under overhangs. They get blown away into affairs. They get blown away, but not beyond the reach of God. Because watch this, verse 5. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the, the Lord knows the way. Focus on that. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. The way of the righteous. Okay? I'm not walking with uncounted. I don't have time to go back into that. that. That's the way of the righteous he's been talking about. But watch this. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. God, this verse is recognizing there are two different ways to live. And the church has said, hey, if you're weak, God hates you because you're a bad person and because you're wicked. No! God hates the wicked way. Because he knows the wicked way leads to destruction. And he loves his children. He loves humanity so much. He doesn't want you to end up in destruction. So he's trying, he don't want you to end up in destruction, so he's trying to give you some instruction. So, so, so what, what Psalms is trying to teach us here is, is look all the way to the end. I know your way and you're righteous. I also know the way of the wicked. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus said, I did not come for the healthy. I came for the sick. You go over to the end of Jude. Jude 17 through 23. Now remember, I'm talking about, because for too long there's been a separation of what God, righteous and being perfect, and someone walking through the door, and this will never be coastline. Our leadership wouldn't put up with it. Someone walking through the door that looks different, stressed different, obviously, and then all of a sudden 
God hates you. Well, that's really going to work. Yeah, that's really going to break through. You know, God hates, hates the wicked way. Love the sinner, hate the sin. So watch what Jude says. Because there, there, isn't, there is no Jew or Gentile. There isn't a separation. But you, the church, the body of Christ, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by all the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that you would be mockers in the last, there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit, walking in the way, walking in the way of the flesh. Verse 20, but you, body of Christ, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourself in spiritual shape. Keep yourself in game time shape. Because we're living in the last days. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. This is, this is what gets me. And on some, having compassion, making a distinction... And on some having compassion. It says on some to have compassion because compassion is only compassion if it's reciprocated. You can't make somebody change. You can't make them love God, but you can present the gospel in love. Stay in the love of God. Walk in love for they, you, they will know that you're his disciples by your love. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. It doesn't say spiritually separate yourself from every unsaved person and every wicked person you know. They shouldn't be your inner core. Hating even the garment of defiled by the flesh. The garment, not the person. So much in that, and I got, I got to stop. But put this into practice this week. Start doing some personal inventory of your life. Who, who is ungodly or what is ungodly in your life? And who are you spending quality time with that, that just, they're not of like faith? And then, and then have you got, has your heart gotten so hard that you're just openly rebelling in sin and no one around you can get, get through? Man, come back to center, come back to Jesus because that just doesn't end good. If I opened up the floor right now, because I'm looking around this room, and of course I have pastor, person, private, whatever a lawyer calls it, privilege. So I can't tell your story, but if I, if I let some of you start standing up and telling your story, you look around at some other people in this room and say, don't do that and don't do that. It doesn't end good. Get some help. Run back to God. 1st step to that is salvation. Do you have you been snatched from the fire? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior? Have you started your journey? The Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's the Messiah and he was raised from the grave that we'll be saved. If you hadn't done that, what a great day to do that. Would you bow your heads all over this place?
Say, Jason, that's me. I, need, I can't point to a moment in time where I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. If that's you and you're in this room right now, no one's moving around unless they're on some kind of a team. No one's looking around. But if you know that you know, you need to come back to center. You know that you know you need Jesus in your life. You know that you know that you need change in your life. And you want to you put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah right now at this very moment, whether you're watching online or you're in this room, just lift your hand up. I want to pray with you. I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Anyone in this room, I don't want to miss anybody. Just keep it up long enough for me to see it. Father, thank you for this day. Holy Spirit, take this word. God, implant it into our hearts. We do want to be like trees besides streams of living water. We do want to prosper in everything we do. But much more than that, we want to stay rooted in your love so that we can snatch people into that love. Or wherever this message goes, God, I know over 900 people watched online last week. Lord, do not let them feel the condemnation of the enemy. Let them feel the loving conviction of your spirit. For God is not a hater of persons. He is a despiser of wickedness and wicked ways. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.